So when I, I don't know if you read this or, or if I just said it and made you think about it. When I said the tyranny of or as an, as an idea for an episode, what was your thought? Have we talked about it before? Where, where are you at? I had two thoughts, which is that uh, right now my mom is trying to get the phrase, instead of saying black and white choice, a binary choice. I just thought was that's just what it made me think of because that's a new thing that she's trying and um I thought that was interesting but I'm excited to have this conversation and I wish more people would have a conversation about this yeah me too I you know I started thinking a while back about I always have book ideas and then I start writing something and then I don't ever seem to finish it but my idea was to write a book about the tyranny of or because I felt like and this was you know, long before the election, although it was during the 45th administration. But I thought, you know, there's, we're in this period of it's us versus them. It's either this or it's that you're either Democrat or Republican. And I was like, I'm just so tired of all of it. I'm tired of it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't have to be one or the other. I don't have to be this or that. Like this idea that everything has to be, or is ludicrous and I'm just tired of it. And that's where that came in to my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And I even went and looked before our conversation, like, I had a, a, a tyranny of or folder with like an outline started. I was like, oh, maybe I got something in there. I have like four ideas and that's it. Nothing. So, <laughs> Ooh, listeners, my America at Gmail, my America pod at gmail.com. If you want Dan to finish writing this book. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, you know, that's where it started for me. And so I'm excited to just kind of unpack that with you. Sound like a plan? Yeah. I'm excited. Also, it's going to be really interesting. I think to have this conversation, you politically don't, I think necessarily identify as a liberal or a Republican necessarily, right? I, I don't anymore. I, when I turned 18 and I got my, and I registered to vote, I thought that I had to declare my party and maybe I did and it eventually went away. I don't know what the laws were in Michigan then or what they are now exactly as far as that goes, but I thought like you had to declare a party. And so I did, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Republican. My dad's Republican. I'm Republican. And so that was my thought for a long time. Um, but over the years, you know, I've, I've voted Republican. I've voted Democrat. I've voted Libertarian. Um, I've voted independent. It just, it just depends on, on the person um, and, and the issues, right. And the, the position too, like I'd rather have a more, a political person who is more liberal fighting in education for more money, right. Rather than having someone who's more conservative saying, no, 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 we don't need more education. Like, so I've thought of that too. So that's like, yeah. So I, I consider myself definitely independent, not one or the other. And it's just so frustrating. Yeah. And, and, and it's also like, it comes, that, it, that it comes up in other discussions too. Like you're either this or you're that it well, if you are this and you can't be that. And I'm like, no, that's not, no. And, and, and one of them is in, in the faith community, my, my Christian community, you can't be Christian and Democrat. That's not, that doesn't work that way. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. What? Oh or like, I, 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 you know, this idea, I, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into all of that. Remind me to tell you that story about president Biden, not being uh, as, as Christian as president Trump was. And I'm like, wait a minute. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Sure. We'll um, have to save it towards the end. Cause I think my head will actually fall off of its shoulders. So yeah, it, we'll have that conversation yeah. at the end. Yeah. I am um, going off of your, having to register to vote. I guess we'll introduce the show now before I continue my thought because. <laughs> you want, you want to do an intro? You want to do an intro? Um, sure. Yeah. We might as well tell people what they're listening to. Welcome to my America. Cool. So that's done. We'll check that off. 
I'll, I guess I'll throw, I'll, I'll, I'll start uh, my introduction. I'm Dan, uh, your co-host, uh, he, him, white American, uh, typically, as you heard, center, maybe a little bit right of center, uh, Christian, I'm a blended family dad, cisgender, hetero, kind of your white picket fence, what you might think of as air quotes normal. I am far from whatever normal really is. Um, but that's, and I, and I say that tongue in cheek. I don't believe that white American hetero cisgender male is normal. Just so we're clear. I don't, I don't think there is a normal, um, but that's who I am. Uh, professionally, I'm a marketer. Uh, I love podcasting. I have a passion for motorcycles um, and I feel very patriotic and I love my country which I'm so fortunate to be a citizen of. And I love having discussions that make me think more. Uh, that's me. Well, welcome to the show, Dan. My name is Kim. I'm the co-host. I am cisgender, hetero, female, uh, living in Los Angeles. I, by day, work in television production and also have a nonprofit aimed at getting people to vote, mostly looking at education, the way that we educate um, all the way starting at kindergarten on through to uh, past schooling and, and everything so that we can get people. You want, you want kindergartners to vote? You Absolutely. Want... Oh, my gosh. They would look so stinking cute. They're a little <laughs> trying to like read. They'd be on their little tiptoes trying to <laughs> vote. <laughs> oh, they'd do a terrible job, but it'd be so cute. It would be so cute. <laughs> I do want to have a discussion at some point about voting age because I'm really interested in your mm -hmm. perspective, I, I think I have my own. Um, but anyway, I'd love uh, to have the conversation about it because I did a little bit in in one of my classes in school in grad school talking about theorizing um, what we could do with sixteen year olds voting. Um, uh, anyway, yes, kindergartners should vote. Everybody should be able to vote. <laughs> That's not something I definitely <laughs> want to promote at all in this uh, organization. But yeah, I I've always been pretty liberal. Um, I don't think that I've gotten maybe necessarily more liberal, but I've certainly become um, more vocal in my beliefs. Um, but I don't think that we should be, what I was trying to say is I don't think that we should, um, when you vote, you should not have to choose your party preference. Mm. I, in California, um, you can choose to register as NPP, no party preference, uh, but that means that you can't vote in the primaries. This came up because a friend of mine was registered to vote NPP. Um, didn't know, didn't really think about it at the time. She just, you know, years and years ago when she turned 18, she registered to vote, she registered to vote NPP and wasn't really thinking about, kind of forgot about the primaries to, you know, to yeah. be honest, I'm not going to name this person. So it doesn't really matter. Well, so many of us, so many of us do. I mean, uh, that's yeah. not, not something that we think about, right? Exactly. And then they go to the we general should. being like, I'm not voting in the general because I don't like my candidate. Well, you, you had an opportunity to make that voice heard. So uh, now you need to buck up. But so, yeah, so then she wanted to vote in the primary this year. And one of the things that the nonprofit that I founded, We Are The People, does is um, you can, if you go to wearethepeople.org, you can actually text me. Like, it doesn't go to, we're not a big group. It's like me, Dan, and Sasha. Um, you, you text, True. it comes to my phone, and you can ask me any questions you have about voting. She uh, asked me, why have I not gotten my ballot for the primary yet? And I was like, oh, it's because you're registered to vote, non-party preference. And, and so I think it's completely silly that you have to, first of all, if you're registering to vote at 18, 17, 16 in some places, we're going to tell you right then you need to make a decision about your life 
that depending on who you are may inform a lot of how you live your life, um, fiscally, morally, that kind of stuff. Some of that can inform or be informed by it. But we're going to ask you to make this binary decision on the spot at 16, 17, 18. And then um, that'll be decided. That That's how you vote now. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And why are we not allowing people from other parties to vote? I guess... In theory, you know, you could be sneaky about, I'm going to vote in the Republican primary because I want to screw them over and we're going to be tricksters and and try and vote for the candidate that I think the candidate that I'm voting for will actually be able to beat. Okay, yes, you can make that argument, but I just think it's silly to have to, one, make a decision about your political party preference at that young of an age, and two, that's going to be a deciding factor in the way that we literally allow you to cast a ballot. And, and I know, like I do know in Michigan, you can only vote in one of the primary, on one of the primary ballots. If you vote on the Republican primary, you cannot vote in the Democratic primary and vice versa, or for those candidates or whatever you want to call it, right? So like, like it, it's it's a closed primary. Okay. Like, that's fine. But you don't, you don't have to declare, I don't believe at 18, at least anymore, if you did it ever. Um, I just always thought that I was, I was registered Republican. I just thought I was. Um, mm-hmm. but now it's definitely much more independent because I don't, I don't think it has to be, or, and that's the yeah. whole point of this discussion, right? Yeah. My mom yeah. likes to tell many stories about me cause I was truly a fascinating kid. Uh, but one of the stories that she likes to tell is, uh, when I was in high school, I came home senior year of high school from my civics class saying, mom, guess what? Maybe it wasn't, maybe I was a little bit younger than that. I am a Democrat. And she was like, yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> That's we did that to you. <laughs> and she was like, "No, no, no." Uh, I I guess I I came home and said, "No, no, no." I I I I know I'm a Democrat now because we looked at the different parties and what they believe and and I've decided to be a Democrat. And uh she likes that story. Probably cuz I looked adorable in it. But it is interesting to think about the way that we're raised and then starting to make our own de- decisions about that kind of stuff. But again, it's the same thing. Like you were saying, it's this tyranny of or. Like in class that day decided you were a Democrat or a Republican. You are a conservative or you are a liberal. You are a Christian or you are a, an atheist. You are, you know, there's a, a, so many other religions. And I certainly don't mean to discount any of them. I just went for the most opposite one I could think of. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think that, you know, that's where I get so bothered by the tyranny of or is when you talk about all of those issues, it's not just a political thing. It's not just Democrat or Republican. It's, it's all of these things. And it's, you know, well, if, if you believe this, then you can't do that or believe or whatever. Right. So let's say for instance, a super hot button issue that maybe we will cover in a future episode, abortion. I can believe that abortion is a terrible thing. And I can also believe that it's not my place to tell someone what they can or cannot do with their health. Mm-hmm. I can, I can have the feelings of, you know, I, I had, I don't know that I've ever told the story publicly. And so what the hell Um, I had a girlfriend at one time who came to me and said, I had an abortion and you were the dad and it broke my heart. And I also went, do I need to pay for that? Like, do I need, do you need money? Like, I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So I can feel those feelings and I can believe that it should absolutely be a dad's right to be a part of that discussion. If I was half of that other human's life, I should have a say in it. I can also feel that maybe my 
opinion of that only matters about 40% compared to the woman's 60, because she's the one actually carrying this baby to term and whatever. Like, I, I don't know what the, I don't know what random percentage, but like, mm-hmm. it can be both. It can be a very middle of the ground, what I might call gray area. It doesn't have to be binary. Yeah. And that, like, that's where I sit in so many things. Now, I also have specific morals that I stand for. I'm not super wishy-washy on, on everything. Like, I stand for certain things. And so I, I actually have morals and a moral standing that I believe certain things. Doesn't mean that, I have, that you have to believe the same thing. That's fine. But so I'm not like any way, the, any which way the wind blows. But there's just so much drawing lines in the sand that put us in these boxes and these labels in these camps that make us just, they isolate us. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. What, like, like, what do we do about that? I don't even know where to go. I mean, I, God, it's so hard. And I, it's, I don't know if it's become worse. I guess I would argue that it has become worse as we've, uh, because everybody wants to say like, things are bad right now, but you know, we're not having a civil war. Well, first of all, I think probably three months before there was a civil war, there were people saying like, at least there's not, I don't know, what's, what would be like a war, but polite, I guess a civil war, at least there's not that. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that's what people were saying then too. (laughs) So we don't know. But also we are... Um, certainly right now, because of the pandemic, we're more isolated than we ever have been. Um, but we also, you know, you and I are both very, we were early adopters of Twitter. We jump on board with social media pretty quickly, pretty open to all of its possibilities and the great things that it does. We're also very, uh, clear minded in the, the negative aspects of it and the damage that it can do. Um, and so, you know, we've now are living in a time where like, you can have your belief, uh, look at Q, look at QAnon, you can have your beliefs, your absolutely just, I mean, listen, I, I certainly don't want to call somebody stupid, but the belief that QAnon theory is, is stupid. <laughs> so, so many of them, so many of, them. I don't like, I, oh my gosh. Pizza gate, birds aren't real, all this kind of stuff. Like get, get out of here. Jewish lasers. Yes. How? How? Oh my gosh! Discreet, I did you see the SNL cold open from last weekend? We're gonna put that in the show notes, and you have to go watch it. It's Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, who is my therapy, I think right now. I told my friend, I was yeah. like, I think Kate McKinnon in the pandemic is my therapy. From yeah. Doctor, we notice, and from the is it working? <laughs> but when she's yes. like, and and you're a real Congress member, yes, and people can really look this up. You really said Jewish space lasers? Yes, I did. Okay. But and the like fact those that, theories are stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. I'm not calling you stupid for believing them. I'm saying those theories are stupid and you need to reevaluate your thought process and what led you here. And and ridiculously bigoted and harmful mm-hmm. and xenophobic and everything, anti-Semitic. How can an entire group of people claim to be pro-Israel and yet so anti-Semitic? What? <laughs> The actual Frank, shut the front door, all those things. Like, are you kidding me? I don't understand. But we, but we now are, we have this technology that allows us to dig in so that we don't have to even be like social media in the idea of social media is that we should be able to reach anybody in the world, have conversations with everybody. And so in theory, we would then be exposed to so much stuff. So many yep. different points of view, so many different ways of life. But what actually ha- happens is that there's an algorithm and it yep. looks at the people that you're friends with. It looks at what you're looking up online to buy and it 
creates a narrative for you. And then you fall further into it because you are seeing this interview with somebody who says they got a check from George Soros. You know, well, if you, this person's saying it and I'm not seeing anybody say that they didn't. And it's not anti-Semitic to be worried about the future of our country, but it is anti-Semitic. It's completely anti-Semitic. That's the point of the article, but you're not being exposed to any other points of view. And in fact, you think that you are, but this social media has created a bubble for you that is invisible. So you don't know you're in a bubble. And, uh, you know, I've heard it called echo chamber and I've tried really hard over the last couple of years here as things have gotten bad in social media to not create an echo chamber mm-hmm. for myself because it, because I don't want that. Like I, I, you know, whether it's Q anon theories or it's, you know, hyper conservative opinions that just bother me or it's racism or like whatever it is, I don't want that in my life. Right. Yeah. I also want to be able to understand other perspectives and whether that's learning black history, like we've talked about in the past, or whether that's understanding why white supremacy exists and and how, like, why does my family believe this thing that like Biden is not a Christian or why do they think that president Obama was a Muslim or whatever? Like all you say, like, I want to understand, but I also don't want to hear it all the time. And so I've been really careful to not create an echo chamber of people who only believe what I believe. And yet, you know, according like that documentary, the social dilemma, on Netflix shows you that that's like the algorithms do that. Yeah. You know? And so you have to be really careful. I watched social dilemma and then immediately afterwards turned on behind the curve. Is it behind the curve? The uh, documentary about flat earthers. Oh, because I think that, you know, those are two things that go kind of hand in hand, obviously not kind of, they go hand in hand, (laughs) you know, yeah. you, you can find, anything in the world now this is where we're at in 2021 you can find any piece of information that agrees with you yep yep i want to ask you so i listen to armchair expert and dax and monica often argue um like you and i do about just anything because it's fun to argue and uh (laughs) how dare you sir that's not <laughs> um, you know, it's funny though. Real, like real quick, it's funny because we we have argued in the past. I feel yeah. like this episode, these these episodes have been, yeah, we're gonna argue, and we really haven't all that much. You know, our my friend Dan, yeah, that was one of his feedback pieces of feedback was, dude, you guys need to argue more. I think we will eventually. We're just not there yet because we're both so baffled by the bullshit that's out there. So in any case, yeah, I, I was thinking about that too. Argue. That we will, you and I can argue. <laughs> we do it very well. We're mm-hmm. practiced at it. Yes, but um, and we'll probably get there. It's early in the show, and it's early in, um, you know, right now. the The fact is, like, we're we're all living through a trauma of this pandemic, uh, plus the trauma of January sixth. Sixth. There's so much that we're still trying to wrap our heads around. That that is probably. I know that for me personally, making me a, a little less willing to fight because I feel like every day is. <laughs> my friend Andrea, I told her uh, every day has a new sad. <laughs> she really liked yeah. it. Every day has a new sad. So I, I'm not as willing to like really argue with you right this second. But I, I know that we're going to get there sooner rather than later. Uh, sure. But Dax and Monica do argue in the same manner that you and I can do for sure. And uh, something that they're kind of going back and forth on right now is the idea of somebody saying, putting like liberal or conservative 
in their Twitter bio because Dax feels like that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't, that's just like saying right-handed or left-handed. And Monica is saying, no, it, it does mean something. I, that is a personality trait, whereas Dax doesn't think that it is. And so I've heard them kind of going back and forth a little bit. And so I'm curious to see what you think about that. First of all, I think it's very important to recognize left-handers. So um, I'm not that interested in it. (laughs) Uh, Of course not, because you're a rightist. Yeah. Uh, See, this is where I'm very left and you're very right. But anyway. The only Uh, time. (laughs) (laughs) That's, it's interesting. I mean, I'll have to. Maybe listen to one of those episodes. Um, you should listen to that Adam Grant podcast. I think it pairs well with a My America podcast as far as hey. what we're talking about today and what they just had Adam on for. But okay. they talk, they go into it Check a little it more in depth there. Because yeah, I mean, I, like it, it, it's, I mean, words are important, mm-hmm. and and how we label ourselves is important. How we identify ourselves is important. When when I do it, it's in my identity. When you do it to me, it's a label. I do. I yeah. do think that is an important distinction, um, and so I want to be able to use people's identities alongside them and not give them labels. So I'll say that first of all, you know, I've considered myself for a long time um, fiscally conservative, socially left of center, but still kind of center, right? I, I first of all, I believe in the freedoms of the United States Constitution. You have a the freedom, our Bill of Rights, our amendments, our Constitution all say that you have these freedoms. So you do you boo. Um, but that also means that I want mine protected too. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I mean, I don't know if that answers any of it, honestly, but I think that's kind of where I'm at. That's where my mind goes first. As far as calling yourself liberal or conservative, I don't know that it necessarily does define because it could mean different things. Are you liberal on social issues? Are you liberal on how the government is run? Are you liberal compared to you know America versus Australian politics? Are you like, what does it really mean? You know, I, I think my family is relatively conservative in some of our beliefs just because that's where we are, you know, geographically, faith-wise, as a as a hetero cisgender family, we probably come off as pretty conservative. On the other hand, you know, when somebody tells me that their pronouns are they and them, I'm going to work my tail off to use that correctly and be respectful and not say, okay, dude, because I know that that might just rub them the wrong way, right? Um you know, I had a conversation recently. I, I interviewed uh, a therapist for a different podcast that I produce and, and, and occasionally host. And this therapist, uh, their pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I knew that going in. I actually picked up on it because their sister introduced them and said, I will connect you to them. And I immediately thought, oh, okay. I just recognize that pronoun. So I'm trying to be more aware and respectful. Mm-hmm. Whether I understand it or not is irrelevant. I can still respect them as a human being. And so I, I did that. Well, then during the conversation, I think twice I said something to the effect of cool man or okay man or whatever, not using man in the gender way, describing them just as like a modifier to my conversation. We got done and I said to them and their name is Poppy. And I said to Poppy, so, you know, I hope, I hope that was good. We talked to them and I said, by the way, can I just ask, I recognize the fact that I did this and I used man twice not in reference to you necessarily, but I used it. Is like, is that okay? Or what should I know about that? And they said, thank you so much for asking. It did kind of rub me the wrong way, but, and they said, and I had to laugh, but I'm not butthurt about it. <laughs> I was like, fair. So they they weren't truly offended or angry about it, but it rubbed them the wrong way just a little bit. Was, they called it irksome. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, that's fair. Because I understand that when I go to a, 
a restaurant with my wife and daughters and a server comes over and says, Hey guys, I'm like, no, one guy, three gals, women, ladies, whatever. And so, but I don't get offended by it. I'm not angry about it. It's just kind of irksome. So I understood that. Needless to say, the, I try to use people's identities with respect. If you want to call yourself a liberal, I'm going to respect that. I'm going to think I know what that means, but I may not. So that's why I guess that's a really super long answer that doesn't make any sense probably. <laughs> I think maybe I can see where Dax is coming from and saying, but liberal is so widely defined that maybe it's not truly helpful. And conservative is the same thing. So maybe it's not necessarily helpful to use that as a label. I don't know. I, I come at it a little bit more the way Monica looks at it, which is that I do think it is telling and something that I, for me personally, something that defines me as being a liberal. Um, I, you know, I'm socially liberal. I also kind of push back about, against the idea that, and you and I have talked about this before, that you can be socially liberal and fiscally conservative because I think that your morals can be, your beliefs can be shown in where you spend your money. So being fiscally conservative and not wanting to spend uh, pre-K, you know, money in pre-K tells me that you're not really that interested in helping families that need more help. So yeah, being fiscally conservative and, and socially liberal is something that really, for me, I, I don't understand it. I think you vote with your money as a person, and I think you vote with your money, uh, or you show your beliefs with your money uh, as a as a nation, or as a state, or as a county. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't have liberal in my Twitter bio, but I do talk about voting in my Twitter bio. Um, yeah. But I think that for for if you're just not all that interested in politics i guess it doesn't really make any difference because to say which one you are because there are probably more facets of your that you tap into more often that would tell you tell me more about you but if you're something who's hyper interested and involved in politics then saying where you line up probably tells me a lot more about your personality than saying um and i'm a redhead you know so there's a there's a couple things a discussion to be had possibly on uh, government versus private. When you talk about money, mm-hmm. um, I'm really interested in, in trying to figure out in the world what our government's responsibility is and where the private sector can step in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sh- am I more willing, am I, am I, am I more willing to pay higher taxes than I am to give to my, let's say local church to take care of my community. Right. And, w- and what's wrong with either one of them. Um, that might be a discussion for the future, but that's where my mind started going. What I do want to come back to though, is, um, you know, the, the, the tyranny of, of, or when it has to be this or that, can you, can you be, can it depend on the situation? Can it be both sometimes? Can it be, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. Or could it be neither? Or does it have to be, or in like everything? Well, we lose that nuance, right? Under the tyranny of war, we lose the ability to even have that conversation because there can't be a nuance under that belief under the tyranny of war and uh, you know what thinking about this there are some things i'll tell you that there are some things that i believe that i probably fall into more like of the well i believe this and so that applies to every single thing Uh, something i'm thinking about specifically to be a little more clear is like i my friend and i can have long conversations about our beliefs on the death penalty Whereas she believes that it it depends on each person, 
in this specific case, I believe that there should not be a death penalty, period. And she is able to have a little bit more of a nuanced look at it, whereas I think I'm having a nuanced look, but my answer is still the same of like, no, I don't think we should have it, period. And so I I guess we all fall into the trappings of the tyranny of war, but it can be, you know, if you're not willing to have the conversation, that's where the danger is probably. Right. And is it okay to sometimes have those beliefs that don't have a nuance to them? Like, you know, like yours, for instance, Kim, is is believing the death penalty should be abolished no matter what, okay? Because it, for whatever reason, I mean, because like, you know, I said earlier is I have what I believe are some morals that I will stick to and, and fight for and say, this is it. This is my flag in the sand, so to speak, right? It... But what about others? I mean, if if my if your belief is that the death penalty should be completely abolished, what about those who are convicted of heinous multiple serial murders and rapes and there's no, you know, uh, uh, no chance of redemption? Why should we pay for them as a, as a society to just live? Well, we for if we're talking about the death penalty, I mean, we pay we pay more for them to be on the death penalty, to be on death row than we do for somebody to be in to be serving life in prison. That costs us more money. I don't want to spend more money on these people. They're the worst of the worst. But then also- Well, is that a, is that a discussion then? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just thinking, you know, we, because we so often um, historically have jailed people um, because and, and knowing, that, sometimes knowing that they're innocent, sometimes knowing we just don't have all of the information, but we feel like they're probably guilty and we have enough evidence. We don't have all the evidence. We don't have that key piece of evidence, but we have enough to um, tell the story we're trying to tell anyway. So we're going to put them on death row because we have done that historically. And we can't say without 100% certainty that every single person on death row did these. Then I don't think that we should, because injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I think that we should immediately, I, I think that we should abolish it. For people that are convicted of and have done, it's been proven, like the Golden State Killer. That is, those are the most heinous of crimes. I think that they should have to live out their pathetic life forever. And like every day be reminded of their crimes. Why should they get to get out of it with their, you know, by a state-sponsored death, I guess. Is the cost thing a, a different discussion then? Like, why is it so expensive to have them on death row? Is it because we pay for all their appeals? Is it because, like, you know, so, yeah. Now, to be clear, like, as far as the death penalty goes, I, I believe it's inhumane and it should be abolished as well. Like, just if anybody cares. Um, I care. And I believe that if you consider yourself, <laughs> I believe if you consider yourself pro-life and want to fight for a fetus, why aren't you fighting for the life of every life then? And that's my, that's where I draw the line of my, my line in the sand there. How, I mean, how, so you, we, we talked earlier about, um, how the media channels have isolated us, you know, social media in particular, we get to choose the news that we, you know, with so many options, we get to choose exactly what we're listening to and what we're doing and, and we can make it us versus them. What, how do we go, how do we go back from this? Can we come back from this edge or is this just where we are now? <laughs> You know, I, I don't know. I think about that a lot because at the end of the day, I'm a, a pretty, I try and be a pretty optimistic person. I view myself as being a pretty optimistic person, um, especially about our country. I think it's really hard to love our country without being optimistic about it because certainly our best days are not behind us. 
<laughs> so you have to believe that our best days are ahead of us, right? But I so yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, but I I don't know. I I don't know. Somebody made a joke the other day that after Trump was kicked off of Twitter saying like the fact that he didn't just have a moment of relief because he could no longer access the site is how you know that something was really wrong with him. Because if somebody just came along and flipped that switch, wouldn't a little piece of you just, <sighs> okay, now I can read a longer book, I guess. <laughs> like, just a I mean, little piece of you would, would be, <laughs> you know? Well, um, now that he's gone, no, there's no, be no piece of me because I have so many good conversations on Twitter. <laughs> However, but, I get what you know, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know yeah, how we how we fix this. There's a lot of talk about different platforms. Maybe a different platform is the answer. A lot of people are using like Clubhouse and that kind of stuff, and and maybe that's the oh. answer. I, I don't understand don't get me started it. On Clubhouse. You can explain it to me because I haven't even I downloaded it and have an account because I got invited because it was exclusive and I was obviously jumping into something that's exclusive. Duh. But mm -hmm. I don't get it and I have not even opened it once. Because I don't have time for another thing, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, anyway, so I don't know if a new platform is the way to go. I don't know if, you know, for a while, Twitter, like every once in a while, will we'll do a thing where it's like, you can't share an article without thing popping up saying, hey, you didn't read this yet. Yeah. But is that helping? Yeah. No, because I still share them because <laughs> I get the gist of it. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know how we come back from this. Do you think it's helpful to have just, I mean, I guess like my, my thing is the first step in anything is recognizing that it's a problem, right? Yeah. The first step in recovery is admitting you have, you have a problem. I've heard, I've heard that said something in that, in that sense. So recognizing the fact that we are extremely divided as a country right now and, and, and not, not recognizing it and then placing blame immediately. Right. Like that's one of the things that I'm seeing, unfortunately, from some of my, from many of my conservative friends is like, well, we're so divided. So Democrats have to come to our side. And it's like, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Before we even begin to have the discussion about how we come back from it, we need to recognize the fact that we are divided. And there are several reasons for it, not the least of which is our use of media channels to isolate ourselves and feel good about ourselves and to not be willing to open ourselves to other points of view, even if it makes us uncomfortable. I had a conversation with a friend of mine for another, another podcast. So for the second season of Anti-Racism in Action podcast, I am co-hosting with Stan Smith and Stan, I believe this is where this conversation happened. Stan asked me about being, you know, a, a white male and being concerned or feeling like, like it's my fault or whatever, right? Like it, it being the world around me. And no, I don't feel like it's my fault. I feel a responsibility to, to reach out and help and, and connect, right? Not necessarily help, just connect. And so that's my responsibility. Doesn't mean that it's all my fault. Doesn't mean that I'm going to fix everything. It just means that I need to stop what I'm doing and listen. And even if it makes me a little uncomfortable because white America has been an offender in so many ways from stealing the native tribes land to colonizing other places of the world. I mean, let's face it, the Brits have colonized all over the earth and the Brits are white. So that, you know, let's call it what it is, right? Um, yeah. My particular race has been that. And so yeah, I don't, it's going to make me uncomfortable at times for people to say, well, you know, white people just need to blah, blah, blah. Ugh, wait a minute, you know, or, well, you know, Christians are terrible because of this. Like, oh, I mean, you know, there, so there are things that make me uncomfortable, but being willing to just stop and listen in order to understand doesn't mean I have to always agree. That's okay. Yeah. Um, 
that's where I try to go to help think about trying to figure out how to fix the tyranny of or and this division. That's the thing that comes like the tyranny of or speaks to division in my mind. We are so divided and separate that, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I think that all of our goal is success for each other and and others, may not everybody. <laughs> Maybe some people are like, <laughs> screw you, I'm all for me. Like, I get it. But, you know, I think a lot of us, we want to love our neighbor. And so we just go about it differently. And that's, and that's okay. And then I don't know where to go from there, but I think that's where I'm starting. Yeah, I think that there is such, such a key aspect of it is understanding where is... Where are your words coming from? What part of your heart is making you say what you're saying to me right now? And let's try and understand that because that you, the words that you're saying are things that I don't agree with. But if the root of it is like you and I have talked about this with politics where, OK, let's we're both coming at it from two different perspectives, but we both agree that we want schools to we want to um, improve schools. We want to improve third grade, whatever. Uh, but we're going to come at it completely different ways. I, I think that the way that we could improve third grade is to, I don't know why I've stuck with third grade, but we're doing it now, um, is to make sure that we aren't charging kids for um, lunches and we're not sending them home with mandatory homework. Uh, and, and the way that you think that we can improve third grade is that we encourage every single student to um, every single student has to have an after school uh, activity. Now, our goal is the same. We are approaching it from two different ways. So let's have conversations. Here's why I don't think that we can um, measure a kid's academic success by what happens outside of our classroom. And you tell me why you think an after school activity is so important to their education. And, And let's talk about this. You know, if the our goal is the same coming at it at two different ways maybe is actually very important because maybe we're going to end up with the best possible resolution but then the other thing i was thinking about is a friend of mine one of the things that she is most well known for is her uh are her religious beliefs and she uh, another friend of ours was with her and somebody commented on one of her social media platforms i can't believe you're friends with the democrat these are two very, very, very close friends. Whether they agree or disagree on certain things is some... And and by the way, this friend of mine, because of stuff like this, does not talk about politics on any of her social media platforms because of this. And when I was talking to uh, my friend who said, yeah, somebody posted on her Instagram that um, this happened. I was talking to the friend of mine that is a Democrat. I said, she can't do anything right this woman it it just seems like she can't do anything right for her fans she is either too conservative or not conservative enough for them she is too religious or not religious enough for them that is none of anybody's business her thoughts her beliefs the way that she is living her life is working for her and her family she is putting good into the world who how she who she hangs out with, who she talks to, all that. And that's none of anybody's business. And she doesn't make it anybody's business. But she, it's so frustrating. You know, she just, there is nothing that she can do that is seen as okay. It has to be so hard to live in that world where, I mean, first of all, you're under under such scrutiny all the time. And then you you can't please anybody. It's not, not that you, like, it feels like, it's not that you can't please everybody all the time. It's that you can't please anybody any of the time. 
right mm-hmm. now. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it seems to me that it's that right of center world that is so not inclusive, that is so judgmental. And look, again, I come from that side of the fence and I'm calling out my own people. Why are we so exclusive? Why are we so elitist? Why are we so, and yet we turn to the quote other side and say, but they are all these things. Like, first of all, take the plank out of your own eye before you look at the speck in your, in your neighbor's eye, right? Like deal with your own house first. Okay. Call out your own folks first, figure this out. And then maybe we can have a discussion that bothers me so much because I mean, I know the people you're talking about. And so the fact that this friend gets attacked like that is, is ridiculous. I just get so tired of that. And, and, and again, I feel like it's a certain side of the society who's judging so harshly while saying, well, you're being judgmental. Like, no, anyway. And, and I don't understand what the purpose of it is. What do you, what, what is the end game there? I want to make the world a better place and nobody's listening to me. They're all doing this and that and that, but I, they're not being unified then what are you doing to unify? If you're digging in so much deeper, if you are falling into the tyranny of or, you are part of the problem, but you've dug in so deep that you can't even see it. And we like we want the same thing. Let's say, for instance, the issue of abortion. We want lives to live. We want babies to have a chance, right? It's yeah. it's a matter of defining exactly when life begins. And that's that can be a whole, that's a, huge, deep, philosophical, like moral issue. And I don't want to get into that right now. Maybe, maybe later. But the fact is we want babies to have a chance. If we want fewer abortions, is it really about making another law or a more strict law? Or is it about, maybe we can go about it a different way, right? And that's what I look at right now. And let's say, for instance, you know, we look at President Biden, his his stance on abortion is going to be different from President Trump. But guess what? Historically, and we can put a link in the show notes, the rate of abortion falls greater under a Democratic president than under a Republican president. Mm -hmm. But also the rate of abortion has fallen every single year since Roe versus Wade was decided. We have fewer abortions and lower rates than we did back then. And it falls greater under Democratic president. So let's just look at the stats and the stories rather than the hyperbole and and the, and the political talking points, right? Like that's where, yeah. and, and, that, and that's just one issue. That's just one issue. How many other issues are we looking at in, under this this lens of or to the pro-life or you murder babies? Like no, that's yeah. not, the, that's yeah. not it at all. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's my encouragement to, to, to listeners or anybody that's sharing this podcast, please share the podcast so we can talk about this because we can get people thinking about this because it, it, we're coming at it from different points of view and that's okay. We don't have to use words like liberal or conservative to describe the evilness of somebody. And I see it on, and, and that I see on both sides. This yeah. both side sideism bothers me. However, mm-hmm. I see that on both sides. I see my, my progressive friends calling my conservative friends conservatives with this like dirty word yeah and i see my conservative friends using liberal like it's a slur like stop it you know mm-hmm. anyway no i agree completely I, and it always i always i don't know i want to push back a little bit when people say well they're conservative okay well what else tell me what made you say that and also tell me something else about them because i don't really think i know that much about now i say that here on this podcast with you i think i don't know them 
enough about them when you tell me they're conservative. The second that this ends, if you tell me somebody's conservative, in my head, I'm like, well, I know everything I need to know. And I don't care about them. That's not true right? either. You know, <laughs> but we dig in. We dig in. Um, you know, we're having a conversation about the tyranny of orb. Do you do that then? Yeah. Do you dig in? Yeah. Why? Yes. I, I don't know. It's not a part of me that I like. I don't enjoy my that part of myself. I try not to. But there is a little part of me that thinks, oh, ugh, I, uh, that's, I, those are not beliefs that I believe in. But I don't know that for sure. Now, I will say that I'm not willing to – I'm not somebody who, when I hear they're conservative, they're this, they're that, that's the end of the conversation for me. For sure not. But it is sometimes hard – you know, it is something that I have to push back against for myself. I'm being honest because, let you know, let's not pretend like – Nobody is, nobody ever does this. You know what I mean? Right. I, we do this often. And if you're, it's not great, but if you're willing to recognize it in yourself, then you can push back against it. It's when you're unwilling to recognize it that it becomes an issue. Yeah, I like that. All right, so what? where do we go from here? Let's 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 offer an idea of hope. I love that you were very vulnerable and honest and said that you struggle with that. I think it's important. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for that. Just as your, just as your co-host, as your cousin, uh, as your partner in all this, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we, I do think we all struggle with it. I mean, I know, I know I do yeah. it and you know, I absolutely do it. And I, and I've done it over my life. I've done it. What, if it comes to race, gender, politics, faith, any of it, I've done it. I make snap judgments and sometimes snap judgments could save our lives. I mean, the, the, you know, there's the, the that frontal lobe, that, that immediate, like, yes. <laughs> However, when it comes to other humans, you know, I think I can be, I can be a relatively good judge of character as I have a conversation with somebody, but even that I need to be able to withhold judgment with a capital J yeah. and just let people be people. So yeah. thank you for that. What, what, what do we do? What do we do? How, how do we overcome the tyranny of or? I think, listen, <laughs> this is coming from somebody who has, chosen to for free tackle one of our biggest problems that we have in this country is people not voting so uh, these are things you know i i often look at a big picture like you know a big problem like this and it is super scary listen i don't know how we're going to solve the problem that we have in this country where people dig in and they can't see the other side they're unwilling to see the other side we have social media platforms that encourage us to live in our own little bubble our own little echo chamber so i i don't know how we fix all of that but i know how we can start and that is just having this conversation that you and i are having with somebody so i would encourage our listeners to this week just try and have a conversation that maybe feels a little difficult to have a little difficult to start but is rooted in and always comes back to love and respect. So being be willing to say, hey, how are you feeling about our, our new president? I know that you didn't vote for him. How are you feeling this week? And listen with the intention of hearing, not the intention of changing their minds. And remember that there are other things about this person that you love and enjoy. And this is not the totality of them, even though you know, I, I have some people that I, I love so, so much that that's how I feel right now. Sometimes it's really hard to remember the things about them that I love and respect because I 
can it's it's really hard for me to look past some things that I've that have become such a big part of their life and their personality but it's not it's it's not who they are in total there are things about them that you love and there are things that you have in common because you have a relationship and so I would encourage you to just have a conversation with them just to hear them out and try and find some sort of middle not even that um expansive like a little middle speck of earth that you can find together i like that good encouragement awesome this is fun this is the uh, this is exceeding my expectations thanks for unpacking the tyranny of ore with me i think there's yeah, definitely a book there yeah why don't you get on it hurry up I, I tell you what if you are listening and you want me to write that book uh get in line because i have a different book in mind first um but then uh hit me up on twitter or instagram at dan moyle uh, why don't you just my... listen to your podcast co-host telling you i want to read this book because i don't ever listen to you that's <laughs> fair <be> <laughs> um, oh i don't count uh, yeah. That's right. That's right. But yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, look, my America Pod on Instagram and Twitter, uh, myamericapod at gmail.com. Send us a note. Tell us what you think about the tyranny of or give us ideas on how to overcome this. Tell us what you're doing out there in the world. And if you do have one of those difficult discussions, tag us on my America Pod or use the hashtag my America uh, or email us and tell us what happened. We'd love to share those stories as well. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm at Dan Moyle on Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Kim Moffat on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening uh, to My America podcast and being a part of our America.